Blog Talk Radio. afternoon or evening and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Najee E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome to today's episode entitled, Surrender Your Life to Christ. Surrender Your Life to Christ. And believe me, when I prepare for these, I am so, 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 so much speaking to myself also. So here's the promotional material, and it reads like this. A surrendered life to Christ is powerful. In it, we have all the freedoms that we need. God wants us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Jesus Christ redeemed us and has clothed us in his righteousness. We are saved from the wages of sin, every lawless deed, and all impurities so that we can stand worthy before God. Luke 9.23, and this is the New King James Version, says, Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. To deny self requires a surrendered life. We cannot straddle the fence and live for ourselves and Christ. Surrender your life to Christ. We have a tendency to surrender and accept what God has for us when we are being blessed and things are going well. What happens when things are not going well and the heat is turned on? Surrender, especially in American culture, is rarely seen as something positive. It's seen as giving up or losing. But as a Christian, what does it mean to surrender to God? I plan on answering that for us today, at least part of it. And then the rest of it you can pray about and think about and study about yourselves. Let's look at a biblical definition. Surrender means accepting. This is kind of a paraphrase, uh, not an official look up the word in the dictionary kind of definition, but just listen and hear me out. Surrender means accepting that Christ won the battle on his terms, not ours. It means taking a humble position and embracing that how we think it should be is not going to happen. The encouraging thing is we will grow to willingly accept and give over our life to Christ, who is the authority, and recognize that he is making the best decision for us and then accepting his will for us is the best decision we can make in life. When we talk about surrendering our lives to Christ, let me just say that it's a process and that we are all a work in progress. It doesn't happen overnight. And as as a new creation in Christ Jesus, we have to learn how to submit, surrender, and yield our will and accept the will of God. And I know those are tough words, submit, surrender, and yield. 
But our old nature will continue to rear its ugly head over and over again and try to convince us that we know better than Christ. But over time and in due season, our choice to surrender our will to his becomes easier. And for the record, surrendering includes accepting the good and the not so good. I want to talk about the refining process of the precious metal gold. Bear with me because I'm going to make the connection before this episode is over. So let's talk about the refining of gold and what that process looks looks like. So first we're going to go with extraction. We're going to look at what extraction means. So gold is generally found in two types of deposits, load and a placer deposit, or a placer deposit, I should say. It is usually extracted from load deposits by drilling or blasting, whereas placer deposits require hydraulic mining, dredging, or power shoveling. Once extracted, the gold ore is pulverized to prepare it for refining. Let's talk about the mining process. To mine underground, the miners dig shafts into the ground. By hand, miners use picks and small explosives. Then They then can remove the gold ore from the surrounding rock. Miners also use a hydraulic giant. It's a machine that uses a high-pressure stream of water to knock the gold ore off of the banks containing the ore. So we've got extraction, we've got mining. Now let's look at the grinding process. Once the gold ore has been mined, it usually is washed and filtered at the mine as a preliminary refinement technique. It is then shipped to mills where it is first combined with water and ground into smaller chunks. The resulting mixture is then further ground in a ball mill a rotating cylindrical vessel that uses steel balls to pulverize the ore. Gosh, that sounds like a lot, doesn't it? And then we have this process where the separating of the gold from the ore takes place. The gold is then separated from the ore using one of several methods. There's a flotation method, which separates gold from its ore by using certain chemicals and air, and then there's a cyanidation, which involves using chemicals to separate the gold from its contaminants. And then finally, we get to the refining process. Gold refining methods are either amalgamation and or smelting. In amalgamation, the gold ore is dissolved in solution and passed over mercury-covered plates to form gold and or mercury amalgam. Gosh, these are some difficult words to pronounce. And then when the amalgam is heated, the mercury boils off as gas and leaves behind the gold. In smelting, the gold is heated with a chemical substance called flux. The flux bonds with the contaminants and floats on top of the gold. And the flux contaminant mixture, which is called slag, is hauled away, leaving a gold precipitate. Gosh. So we had extraction, mining, grinding, separating the gold from the ore, refining. And now let's talk about the entire process. So in this entire process, you have raw material that is mined, separated, and refined. 
Now I want you to think about our refining process as believers in Christ Jesus. We've been mined out of a lost and dying world. We've been separated or sanctified for God's purpose, and we are being refined or pruned until Jesus returns. It's going to happen. Our refining process is for our good, and that process is the trials and tribulations that we face. So first I want to read to us, read to you 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, New International Version. Verse 6 says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Verse 9 says, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. What does our refining process look like? Think of it this way. I'm going to talk about three different steps. The first step is the heat is turned on. Okay, the heat is turned on. The heat is up. Think of a time when your faith was being tested. How did you respond to God? What was God calling you to do? In James, the first chapter, verses 2 and 3, New, Internet, New uh, American Standard Bible, it says, Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, the New King James Version, it says, If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, verse 13, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. Trials and tribulations will cause us to question and doubt God and entice us to come up with a better plan. Have you ever done that? Try to come up with a better plan? And what God had you going through when the heat was turned on? So a better plan? No. God knows best. And especially if his plan includes being uncomfortable, experiencing pain, or stretching beyond our limits. That's, we don't like to go through that. So what if God is allowing whatever is happening to us, for, to me and you, as part of our refining process? The second part, uh, so the heat is turned on is number one. The second part is the impurities rise. Now, remember, that was a part of the um, mining and of, of the, uh, the gold. Uh, the contaminants were uh, separated from the gold. So the impurities rise. What must We must do away with the impurities because purity prepares us for, one, God's presence. In Psalm Chapter 24, verses 3 through 4, the New International Version, it says, Who may ascend unto the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? One who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to deceit 
and has not sworn deceitfully. And then the impurities rise so that we can experience God's purpose and know God's purpose. In Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, New American Standard Bible, it says, verse 11, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. 12 says, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and in a godly manner in this present age. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 14 says, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, eager for good deeds. And then when the impurities rise and we're going through this refining process, we are able to, to, it prepares us for God's promises. We're able to recognize his voice and know his promises and stand on his promises. And in Matthew 5, verse 8, in New American Standard Bible, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The second process is the form, the third process is the forming takes place. So we had the heat is on, the impurities rise, and now the forming takes place. God God will shape you. He will prune you, and he will be with us every step of the way. In Isaiah 64 and 8, New International Version, it says, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. Sometimes God asks us to vary our style. Sometimes the master blacksmith, if you will, needs to bend us here and there and change us a little or a lot or in this way or in that way. But in the end, it will bring us the victory we need. And lastly, we must know and hear his voice to know how to respond. John 10:27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So in conclusion, do you feel like God is refining you? Maybe God is doing exactly that. Maybe God wants your attention. After the heat is turned on and the impurities rise, then and only then is the master able to make us into a beautiful work of art. And with that, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. God bless you.